Hi, and welcome back to Fast Charge for episode five, something mm, like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dom, and I'm joined by Toddy and Hello. Hannah in the middle Hi. here. Uh, this week, we are talking about the Vivo Apex 2020 concept phone, mm-hmm. uh, the LG V60 ThinQ 5G, which was announced just after our episode last Came week. Pretty close. Ooh, it's always going to happen. Thanks, Toddy. Uh, and then finally, uh, my thoughts on the Galaxy S20 Ultra, which I've been using for a week and a half or so, mm-hmm. including the last day or so I've had the new camera patch. So, Vivo, mm-hmm. um, what what is the Apex 2020, Tony? Well, I mean, for people who don't know, Vivo as a phone company typically, at least for the past, what, two years now, three years, has been releasing these concept phones. This is the third one. Yes, yep. This is the third one. So the 2020 is the third one. Um, they've usually been used to showcase various features that do pretty much always end up on a phone you can actually buy mm. well sort of will eventually the funny thing is actually there was one feature we'll get to eventually one feature in the first concept phone so it came out two years ago now yeah still not in any phones i don't remember which feature that is we'll get to that we'll get in a second them. but yes the vivo apex 2020 is the latest one um it was announced this past like week um it borrows from their previous concept phone in a number of ways and yep. also just integrates some completely new technology some things we've seen from other companies like oppo which we'll talk about mm-hmm. um and it kind of fuses it all together and it makes for a pretty interesting device and i would be interesting to see some of those features actually in a in a phone this year that'd be cool yeah so it's basically it's a phone you can't buy right now um not because the tech isn't there or because the tech isn't real it's not it's not hypothetical tech it's just this is cutting edge stuff and it's so expensive to put in a phone <laughs> that they can make like 10 of them yeah <laughs> and it costs them a hideous amount of r&d to make 10 of them and they're not going to sell them because if they actually tried to sell it to customers they'd probably have to cost like five grand each yeah. or something <laughs> stupid even in the company's own videos they're like we're just using this to showcase what we can do like yeah. how good our r&d department is basically yeah mm-hmm. okay so the headline features are that it has a 120 degree curved screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to put that in perspective, I think the curviest we've had so far was 88 degrees. Yes. Yeah. The I bought it in just to kind of have it to hand, but yeah, the, you can see the curve on there. Like you can see where it stops. Yeah. The glass mm-hmm. kind of curves almost past the screen, whereas on the Apex 2020, it just keeps going yeah. right round to the back, pretty much more or less. Yeah. It's not quite Xiaomi's Mi Mix Alpha wraparound, but it's, <laughs> it's kind of as close level. as you can get without doing the full wraparound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in display camera so camera that's totally hidden by the yeah. screen when mm-hmm. it's not being used mm-hmm. um stupidly fast wireless charging 60 watts um 60 watts. yeah no buttons though they did that last year so that's yeah. not actually that new uh and two cool camera tweaks which are a yeah. uh, sort of gimbal functionality mm-hmm. built super, in for stabilization, stabilization for video and such and then a continuous zoom lens so like the kind of zoom lens you'd actually get on a dslr or something like that so it's genuinely doing optical zoom at different points rather than just having a fixed optical. If you look at their little hands, I think it's it might be in both of the videos on Vivo's YouTube channel. Um, it's wild that they've actually built two twin lens setups within that periscopic camera yeah. that are physically moving back and forth. Yep. It's wild to even like think that someone bothered to engineer that. So it's like it's like four groups of lenses, two that stay stable and two that move. There's actually a lot of lenses. There's so in there. much going on in that camera model. It's mad. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. Mm. Uh, that's actually the bit that excited me the most. I think the continuous zoom. Maybe that's partly because I've been playing around with the Ultra, the Galaxy sure. Ultra, mm. uh, which we'll talk about later. But playing around with that kind of zoom tech there has been really fun, and obviously we've seen it before. But you are aware there's a lot of digital trickery going on which works very well, but I'd love to see how much better we can get with real, you know, proper moving 
continuous actual optical zoom at different levels. They, they tease little bits and bobs of like footage directly from the device, but yeah. nothing you could really spend time to like analyze. There was one thing yeah. I found funny in what they teased, um, mm. and it wasn't obviously a main headline feature that they'd gone with, but it was uh, photo bomb emittance. Oh, so. yes. yes. I, yeah, they, yeah. they kind of brushed past it, but then I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> no, I was like, that's quite good, because how many times do you have to retake a photo and then, you know, either retouch it afterwards or whatever. Do we know if this is photos and videos or just photos? I'm not entirely sure. Off the top of my head, because I was very unclear watching their video yeah. whether it worked on both. Yeah, mm. I'd be curious to see whether it's it's um, how accurate it is. Because what if it just accidentally crops you out? Yeah, <laughs> or keep yeah. someone in the background and, and crops you out. Yeah, it maybe depends on the angle. Like if it's someone who's in a clear shot where you can get rid sure. of them, but if it's in that case where you've a got half a head cropping out of you, or yeah, whatever, yeah. yeah, then it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so it's worth caveating at this point. It's pretty obvious none of us have used this phone. Yeah. Um, that isn't actually usual for Apex. You might think that's just because it's a concept phone. Mm. But actually, like, they used to put them out. I didn't send them out for review, but they used to hold events where journalists could try them. I tried the Apex last year. I got um, the, the, one, the first one. Right. Yeah. Um, but coronavirus is basically the reason. <laughs> this was going to be at MWC. We would have had the chance to play around with it in person. But coronavirus means no one has. As far as I'm aware, no publication has actually used this. Only yeah. Vivo. Which puts it in a funny position because it's almost like a glorified press release, like and nothing else. Because if, yes, they're showing off all this amazing tech, but if no journalist can actually try it and check it works and how well it works, yeah. At the very least, it's like a piece of marketing for them that they can throw around. And be yeah. like, look, we were the first to do this and this and this. Yeah. Like sixty watt wireless charging, it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so the fastest wireless charging right now is Xiaomi's forty watt, which yeah. was announced just a couple of days ago. Um, I mean, that will actually make it into phones this year, obviously, is the difference. Again, the 60-watt wireless, absurdly fast wireless charging. Given that the fastest wired on the market is 65, 66, like, to get wireless at 60 watts is crazy. Yeah. But again, this probably won't hit a real phone until at least next year. One of the things which it's not evident from any of the footage online already, but um, is how good that front camera is. And Mm. I was going to ask you, Anna, because you actually have a bit of experience. You've actually seen some of this tech hands-on already yeah, but so not from Vivo right no I've not so I saw it from Oppo so they had the um, yeah the under camera display mm-hmm. um, and but it wasn't on a full view so there was like a, a sort of black bit mm-hmm. on the top where you know it was actually taking place so yeah. you could see like when you put your finger over it that was where it was right um, although I seem to remember it didn't necessarily indicate where that camera actually was, which I'd be interested to know whether this is something. Because, for example, if you're taking a selfie, normally you'll look where the lens actually is. Yeah. If you can't see where mm-hmm. the lens is, it may be a little bit, you know, dodgy. Um, but I know that so- certain phones, they sometimes will highlight where the camera is. So maybe that's something that to think about. Yeah, on the, I remember when I first started using the, the S10 series last year, like I think it was, it might be for selfies as well, but definitely for if you have face unlock set up, the the infinity o yeah whatever you want to call the camera the in display camera has like a little white ring of pixels that yeah. kind of like flares up mm-hmm. just whenever you act- it is. Yeah, yeah just kind of and it draws your eye immediately and you're like oh okay so i guess they need to do something like that if they want it to be like an, impl- an actual feature implemented in a phone exactly yeah and i'm sure otherwise the point will be that obviously it's using the display to hide the camera but it can then turn that off and let the camera be visible through the display at times yeah maybe. i guess maybe. I haven't actually used one. I haven't mm. seen one in person, so I'm not mm. sure. Um, yeah, the... Uh, I mean, the, the the there's a lot of stuff in this concept that I think is really cool. The bit I'm not a fan of is the screen, the curved display. I mean, we have a taste from having used the Mate 30 Pro. Like, yeah. 
I, I really didn't like it initially, especially when it's trying to supplement uh, things like volume controls and that sort of thing mm-hmm. in software-based implementation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is doing all of the same things, uh, but I did get used to it and I actually didn't mind it too much going onwards. <sighs> From a boring safety perspective, in yeah, terms of shoot. like, you know, cause it goes wraps all the way around. So surely like in terms of like protecting it, and things like that, it's more susceptible to oh, for cracks sure. and things yeah. like that. It makes it harder for screen protectors, cases, everything. Mm. The the Mi Mix Alpha, the Xiaomi phone that we talked about, that's all the way around pretty much, that does technically have a case, but the case, all it really does is go over the the like the top and bottom of the phone and then like the strip where oh, there so is like a bumper. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. So And does it cost like a grand? <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's yeah, ninety percent of the phone is still very much yeah. susceptible to any sort of damage. So yeah. It's it's the challenge, you know, more screen equals more breakable surface area. So yeah. for sure. And you've got all the pressure sensitive things on the side as opposed to buttons as well. Yes, right? yep. exactly. Yeah. Which I think the idea is that that's more versatile but mm. yep. as i experienced with this like it also can be more hit and miss as well we're yeah. trying to and you use I, the next i was about right? to say to be fair the next i've three. used this in both the apex last year was buttonless and yes, then said, they yeah. did the pressure sensitive thing in the next three last year which, which has that same buy, you buy that phone, yeah that's right? an actual phone not the right. market mm. um vivo's implementation is way better than Huawei's. Really? Yeah. It's just a lot more user-friendly. It makes a lot more sense. It's not that silly like volume slider. Mm-hmm. There are set points where you would expect the buttons to be, where there is then a pressure-sensitive point. There's haptic feedback as you use it. Um, you're not... Yeah, it's not that kind of Huawei thing where it's double-tap on the screen and then you're just using the touchscreen. They have built-in pressure-sensitive spots mm. that are dedicated spots that are, that are used for it. So it does actually feel very natural. On the next and on the last year's Apex, I thought the buttonless thing is fine. Um, I think the issue is palm rejection isn't good enough yet for sure. curvature yeah. like that yeah. um, and honestly aesthetically I don't think it looks that nice past a certain point yeah I was going to say as well like you know like if for example you've got your phone in your pocket and you're listening to something mm. and then you know you turn the volume up and stuff like that is stuff like that going to be harder because yes, you know you, definitely. You're that's know exactly the kind of thing yeah, yeah you can't do that basically uh you have to get the phone out to change sure, volume like and things like that guessing about <laughs> yeah yeah um so you will always need to look at the phone to use the buttons mm-hmm. and things like that if you're okay without water resistance i could totally imagine a concept that's kind of like the alpha or whatever where the screen wraps all the way around but on that edge you still have inlaid into the display physical buttons mm. okay. and like a rocker and a power yeah. button i think that I would be more okay with that, I think, than having Interrupt just the a screen. capacitive, touch-only yeah. alternative. I think we're sort of with this design. You're, yeah. you're edging more and more towards just literally having a slab. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? A slab like, of pixels, like, yeah. Oh, you know, and yeah, it's. I think, like you say, it's nice to have an aesthetic of like a different button that looks nice or yeah. whatever, but personal preference, I guess. Yeah, I think the concept is maybe cooler than the reality of it, like the practicality of it. Yeah. As cool as an all-pixel phone looks. It's got some, it, give, it presents yeah. some unique problems. Okay, so before we move on, mm. we've obviously, there's like four or five cool features in this phone. Yeah. Each of you, what is the one that you would want to see in a real on the market retail phone this year? What's the one feature from this you wanna you want to buy? So we're talking about that continuous zoom camera. Yep. We've got the in-display front camera. The gimbal stabilizing thing, which gimbal we didn't really talk about much, video. but basically super good stabilization. Really good stabilization, which is something that other companies are trying and working on right now. Yep. Like, uh, Samsung's done it they showed it off with the Note 10 and Huawei did it with the Mate 30 Pro super fast wireless charging oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah. and super curvy screen I think those are the five really. yeah, that's a good five well I think we made our feelings clear on the screen <laughs> didn't we <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would say actually the wireless charging 
I'd, I'd second you on that one. Yeah, because like I think this is the thing that a lot of flagships battery is still the thing that yeah. people struggle with, and I think you know being able to have that ability to fast charge it so quick. Just yep. yeah, I don't want to get too much into battery tech, but like. Yeah. I think right now with lithium-ion cells, which all of smartphones use right now, we're kind of at a threshold. Mm. And that's why companies have now, instead of looking at ways to have longer-lasting, better power storage batteries, yeah. switched to faster charging yeah. because yeah. they can't do the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm down for wireless fast charging. I already love wireless charging. So, yeah, that, that would also be mine. What about you? I was also going to say the wireless <laughs> charging. Uh, well, that's so- good. That's good. Hopefully, then that means like yeah. they'll listen and people, like if that's what the collective consensus yeah. is... Uh, and of the more exciting features, I think the, the continuous zoom is, is the other one. That was my feature, second yeah. choice. Is, yeah. is that yeah? I'd love to see a zoom lens that has more versatility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do uh, want to see an in-display camera there because I've not actually seen one in person. An in-display yeah. front camera that would be interesting just to see how the pixels actually look and yeah. how well they can hide it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I'm sure this year we'll get a bunch of phones with various combinations of what we're seeing in this phone exactly. concept. So yeah. I mean, I guess the one particularly will be the Vivo Next Four. Whenever yeah. whenever that comes, sometime later this year, we'll realistically pick up one or two of the features from this because that's kind of been the model when was the next three last year when did you get hands on with that autumn i can't remember okay. when in autumn so, yeah, but it was so, like september october right fine obviously so can... stuff might be up mm-hmm. the air just in terms of release dates and stuff like that but yeah I mean, yeah this year it's kind of who knows who knows what could happen yeah <laughs> it's all to play for oh and the one feature from two years ago that we still don't have in a phone oh yeah what was that uh large uh in display fingerprint sensor area Oh. oh yes that which would be good bigger than a single spot like yeah. it, it, in the first apex it was sort of um maybe a sixth of the screen last year's apex it was the bottom third of the display was which all fingerprint sensor mm-hmm. um that is one of those ones where the tech is there it's easy they told me last year with the apex it's just so expensive yeah. it's just putting that tech under the panel costs so much money that yeah. it's not worth it yeah and i guess not everybody like your average consumer may not even yeah, they don't want to pay a premium for exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, like they're like, it's got a fingerprints already. I'm fine. Like, yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I still personally, I still quite like the yeah. the old resistive or whatever you want to call them. No, yeah. ones as well. The olden days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, though on that note, it is worth saying before someone tells me off in the comments for not mentioning it. Qualcomm did show off in December that they have the they're tech like for doing a bigger ultrasonic something. sensor there yeah. that Snapdragon can support. So we might see that pop up in other phones this year but actually not driven by vivo's tech yeah mm-hmm. cool cool right Ooh. that was the apex 2020 now for lg phones you can mm-hmm. actually buy <laughs> <laughs> okay so next up we have the lg v60 thin q 5g uh the latest lg flagship which got a kind of surprise announcement last week we were expecting it at mwc it, it obviously just, didn't come then it just hit as our inboxes as a press release like yep that was it nothing um which <laughs> so, turns oh. out is because it's only coming to the US at least right now like it's not coming to Europe as far as we know it's not even meant to be coming to South Korea which which is really weird for LG because they are a Korean company so this is currently a US only phone obviously that might change Um, it is pretty iterative it takes a lot from the V50 it actually steps back on a couple specs and it carries on with the dual screen accessory Yeah. so what do you think I mean so in terms of the dual screen because the fact that it's an accessory i just feel like a lot of the messaging around this is a little bit confusing Mm -hmm. because obviously we're now in the time where you know we're looking at more flip and foldable models yeah and it just seems like the the leading feature is this accessory 
but it doesn't come as standard. So, well, I think it might this time. They have been inconsistent with the last few phones as to whether the dual screen. So it was the V50 was the first one, right? Yeah, and in markets like ours. I think because it was on EE, yeah. it came with it. Yeah, but in the US it didn't. It didn't. And I'm not sure about Korea and other places. And it was like $200 or something Yeah, extra. and it's expensive. And I think maybe uh, to the point that when they announced it last year, I was talking to a US colleague who was briefed by LG on the V50 and they didn't tell him about the dual screen. That's so a- he had no idea. So I was saying to him, oh, what do you think about the wild dual screen thing? And he was like, the what? The what? That's like, like the it's just a phone. It's a really boring phone. And I was like, no, no, it's got a whole second screen. There's this crazy attachment. And they just didn't tell US press about it because it wasn't part of the phone for the US. But aside from the 5G, obviously that was their first 5G phone. That's very exciting. But yeah. like, that was the hook. That I know. was yeah. the one thing they had that they were like, look at us, basically a budget foldable. I don't really want to quite yeah. look, but you know what I mean? It's very weird. Um, very they weird. figured it out better with the G8X. Which, which I never used. One. I reviewed the V50 yeah. and I didn't love the dual screen experience there. I didn't really get it. So I've used both. Um, I will say the dual screen on the G8X was a lot better. For one thing, it shipped with the phone as standard, I think, in Probably all markets. Everywhere. Right, yeah. I think they realized that the only way it was going to work is if they just said, this is part of the phone now. And they've said they're doing the same thing this time around with the V60. Um, other improvements we got for the second iteration that are carrying through to this time. Um, there's a little small monochrome display on the outside for notifications. So when the when the like the case is closed, the dual screen case is closed, you can still see the time, the date, basic notification icons, uh, kind of like we've seen with some of the foldables. Mm. Um, then it's got a free stop hinge, so you can stop it at any angle, whereas before it locked into a couple set so positions, which was awful. Yeah, and they were not good positions either, no. like to actually like see or do anything. Very unhelpful. Awful. Um, and then the other change they made for the second gen, and again, is carrying through for this time, is the panels are identical between the dual screen and the main phone. Didn't you spot that the, the main screen is lower resolution than the the V50 or the GASX or something? Yeah, so... Um, y- yeah, so the on the V60, it's just HD. Right. Um, not WQHD yeah. or anything like that. So they've dropped resolution, but the screen is bigger. It's a 6.8-inch panel, whereas it's 6.4 for the V50. I mean, it was already a big phone, so yeah. fine, I guess. Um, but yeah, what you get this time is that the panel on the dual screen is the same. Not only is it the same size, in the in the V50 dual screen, the, the second like panel short. was actually a bit shrunken down, which was weird. <laughs> it was a totally different screen. You actually got different colors, different contrasts. So when you moved maps, apps over, they looked differently. If you tried to view anything full, like across both, it looked different on each half. It was a really bad... Yeah, uh, they fixed that with the GX, and again, this time, it's the same panel. There is one weird oddity that is still there, which is because it's a uh, teardrop notch on the main phone for a selfie camera, hmm. and they literally use the same panel. Like, it's not just one with the same specs, it is the same panel, which means it has a notch in it. But there's no camera. There's no camera, but they have <laughs> all these panels were made with a hole for a oh, camera notch. Oh, that's dumb. So you get a notch panel on the on the dual screen as well, which was the same thing with the GX, and, and that's oh, again really? this time I, around for the V60. I was going to say from the renders I've seen from the press imagery, it looks a lot more cohesive as a, as a whole yep. design, like the mm. whole screen and the phone together look like a much better, more elegant Feels form. like more of a package. Yeah, but that's dumb. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Just a bit dumb. Yeah. Um, also, just uh, spec checking, and I noticed there's no mention. I don't think any of LG's phones have gone for 
higher refresh rates, which is like the thing that we're kind of expecting. No, yeah. And I, I think I said a few weeks ago, maybe on the show, that I felt sorry for anyone who tried to come up with a 60 hertz flagship. And I think LG is the first to try and do that. I feel like they're just losing the will to care. I mean, and the, what's f- weird about it is that it's <laughs> also, like we said, it's resolution-wise, it's dropped down to HD. So it's, it's lower res, but it's bigger. So it's lower pixel density. It doesn't have the refresh rate. And what's so frustrating is last year, LG's flagships had bad points about them, but their displays were up there with like the best around. I loved the displays on LG's flagships last mm. year. They were some of the best on the market other than not doing the high refresh rate. Mm. And now with a drop in both resolution and not matching refresh rate, so well, they're not even close to competing now, which is just really weird. It's a really weird fight to give up on when actually they will, you know, they, they obviously make amazing displays. LG makes phenomenal TVs and all that stuff. They have great display tech and they've just decided to not put it in the phone this time. It's the same thing. With it. It's like what I was saying the other week with Sony. It's like they're not clearly talking to the other departments. They yeah. have all these great assets and they need to, I don't know, something. It, well, it, I guess, is it a compromise for price? Because I guess it might be competitive against Could others. Be, I mean, it's it's probably going to be expensive, right? Like, it's they, a 5G phone. But they have said below $1,000, including the second screen attachment. That's quite... Yeah. Which is competitive. I mean, I don't that like is. to say that still around a thousand is, oh, that's pretty good. But like, <laughs> relatively speaking, it is quite good if that is true. I also think it actually fits an interesting space that I haven't really seen anyone try and do before, which is generally when people, companies like OnePlus or, or Xiaomi or whatever, try and undercut Samsung and Apple and do flagship phones that cost a few hundred less, what they essentially do is they match them on camera specs, they match them on processor, they match them on RAM, and then they don't bother matching water resistance, wireless charging. They treat those as nice-to-haves, and they say, if you're going to save money, that's where you save the money. So you make sure that on paper specs, it looks as good as a, as the high-end Samsung, but you lose out on the niceties. This is kind of going the other way around. So, I mean, it's still a A65 processor and all yeah. of that, so it's still very high-spec internally, but they've dropped the display, and we'll talk about camera in a bit, but in a sense, they've dropped the camera specs. But it's got IP68. It's mm-hmm. got wireless charging. So actually, if you're not a spec nut, but you want the convenience of water resistance and wireless charging in mm. a flagship, like actually it sits in a space no one else is really occupying. I mean, I'd say you just buy a Pixel 3 <laughs> or 4. Sorry, Pixel 4. Depends on how yeah. badly you want that dual screen. That's true. It? Yeah. How badly, how badly, how badly do people want the dual screen? I mean, well, LG? this is the thing. I mean, because it, because it, yeah, just to be clear, I mean, I know it's obviously, but like, you know, other ones, if you had an actual foldable that can go into yeah. one bigger one. And there this, is a very visible seam here. Yes. Yes. And this is not the case. This mm. is like having an additional, you know, like mm-hmm. you can do one thing on one and one thing on the other. And it's like, do you need that on a phone? I, I don't know. Have you ever felt the need to like have two apps open side by side? Do you ever? It is quite useful. I will say again, you as someone you like as GM. someone like who it, didn't yeah. like the V50, thought it was rubbish, thought the dual <laughs> screen was silly and didn't work, and then they came up with the GX and I yeah. thought, oh, this again. I used it for a week and came away like, oh, I get it now. The mm. only thing... It was just all the improvements added up to make me say, okay, this really works. Really? Because the only thing I found useful was like on my like walk to the office, I had Slack on the second screen whilst I was like on Twitter or whatever yeah. or watching a YouTube video in portrait which is not a good experience anyway I wonder whether it's for people who maybe don't have like a second device for stuff true so, you know if you know if you, you, you don't know, have like a tablet people, or, if you don't have a tablet or a laptop yeah. and being able to multitask then it's probably useful in that sense for, for productivity it's really really useful in the same way that we talk about foldables being you know a Galaxy Fold or a Mate X 
like that whole idea of a phone that can then be a tablet for doing some work on mm. the multitasking it doesn't have the benefit of those that it can then be good for like watching media because again there's a big line down the middle but if you want to have emails on one screen slack on the other uh, it's also great for photography stuff you can have you know your gallery on one screen and then looking at the actual photos on the other one things like that um, it's little things and I don't necessarily think it's going to work for most people mm. but if you want a phone you can work on more efficiently like it works for me and it is a lot cheaper than it, either sure. of the big yeah. screen foldables like sure. yeah. it's it's not it's still cheaper than say the Flip Z but that's a very different form factor but if you want to look at a Galaxy Fold or a Mate X Mate XS like they're li- literally double the price yeah just on the design front and I believe this is the phone the colour names Oh man! It's oh, what are the names? Classy white and classy blue. Is this the classy right? one? Yeah. Yes. yeah, this is the classy one. Right? What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I do want to like meet the people who get the job of na- like coming out the name yeah. colours. I, I always when, we've talked about this a lot in the office, and uh, I always bring up the the P30 Pro came in like a bunch of colours, but it has my favourite colour name ever, the kind of white translucent white one breathing crystal mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a, like wh- <laughs> what does it mean if someone said yeah oh yeah it's breathing my car my car's breathing crystal like it's, <laughs> it's you know got some nice red trim on the inside and then some breathing crystal on the outside you'd be like what yes yeah, so <laughs> someone also bought up space gray with apple and yeah so, space isn't gray space is bu- <laughs> this is the absence of life <laughs> that's why it's the space between stuff apple but yeah when, when i saw these names i was just i was like what like cl- classy it has no I've never Classy is like one of the the cringier names I think for yeah. but you know what I, I would like to say that the names are stupid but the colours are very nice they are. and I hate to say it look kind of classy like <laughs> no! get out like the, the it's a dark blue and a white and then there's some sort of like bronzy gold trim I and actually, actually they look the trim. very nice and they do look quite sophisticated and if you want colour but don't want the sort of Huawei style bright finishes translucent effects sort of um, whatever, like, I actually think these are nice and they certainly look a lot better than the colours Samsung went with for the S20 range. It's quite understated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is true because it's not, yeah, it seems to be phones either fall into one of two camps, either yeah. it's black and white, there yeah. you go, or it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, especially this dark blue, yeah. I think this is really, really, really nice. nice yeah. Really nice, yeah. It's a very choice. subtle gold accent around the camera, on the kind of frame surround, it's a glass front and back. Yeah, it's alright. Uh, right, we've got to move on in a sec, but the last thing we did say we were going to talk about cameras, and we haven't. Yeah, there's a picture. There's four cameras here. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like it. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird one. So it's actually a triple camera setup where there's sort of like two... Somehow the depth of the field sensor has been split into two bits or something like that. But in practical terms, what you're getting is a regular camera and a wide angle. It's like an iPhone 11 in that regard. Yeah. Um, so there's no telephoto which there was on the V50. So this is why I was saying there's kind of a spec downgrading cameras because we lost the telephoto. The reason for that is, according to LG, that the main lens is 64 megapixels and they think you can get good enough digital zoom off that to make up for not having telephoto. No, I'm just I just know like, that's not how it works. Is such a dangerous term. This is what I mean. Let's be honest. This is what Google did with Pixel Four, mm-hmm. and it was rubbish. <laughs> And that's Google with the, the Google best was the camera best algorithms out there. No one can do digital zoom as well as Google. And even that wasn't good enough for yeah. makeup True. for not having a telephoto. I'm bless your heart, LG. Like you just can't compete there. <laughs> like you are not going to get good enough zoom out of that thing, no matter how many megapixels it's got. Um, it will probably be a very good camera 
and the wide angle should be nice and it should be good for video which is where LG's strength lies camera wise I, mean, I didn't but, like the G8's camera if it's anything like that I won't be impressed because the G8 camera I think had a lot of work to be done on it still so their, their software side their tuning is just still a bit yeah. not not there can't compete and it would help to then just dump better lenses in but yeah. they've if anything going the other way and they're trying to lean onto the computational stuff but like I said they're just not really a competitor in that space yeah. I'm also not a fan of like you were saying like it looks like there's more cameras than there actually it's are deceptive and for the yeah. like user right yeah. or the potential yeah, customer I don't really like that like you know I'd rather have like a full you know mm. a, a nicer display on my back rather than this and you're you know, a pixel user so you're quite comfortable with one camera yeah yeah <laughs> I, yeah there seems to be this trend of look how many cameras we can fit hey. on the back and it's like yeah. I just we'll get into that <laughs> speaking of <laughs> right um from one slightly struggling korean phone giant to one is doing a lot better uh the samsung s20 ultra um which i have been using for oh, coming up on two weeks now it'll be two mm. weeks on friday i'll have had the phone um and it is gonna have to go back soon um single tear violence i like it more than i thought i would but i really definitely do not love it Mm. can i just how much is it it is 1200 pounds or 1300 dollars for the base model model. right and then you can go up by what an extra what 200 quid yeah and then i think it's 1400 and 1500 the difference is 12 gig or 16 gig ram and 128 or 512 gig storage which is getting onto the whole thing of this phone is absolutely loaded yeah from a numbers perspective like that's no secret yeah so i mean i think actually the models i've been given i'm actually my second ultra technically right now for reasons we'll get into um i think that the models i've had have both been the cheaper one the 12 gig ram 128 gig storage which i mean what's even the point guys uh so i haven't tested the 16 gig Mm -hmm. ram to see how much of a difference that makes uh in practice i suspect not a lot a rule of thumb if you're not aware is like if you have a phone with loads of ram you probably won't notice the year it launches but maybe if you're holding on to it for two three years yes that's where that is important is having that ram in the long term for like software updates and and downloading a bunch of apps and just having used it a lot the RAM is what's going to help keep it feeling smooth longer. So. What I will say, something I only discovered, Samsung haven't pushed this, but something I discovered only like a week or so into the using the phone, uh, and it's in an S20 Tips video I put out, but the one thing the Ultra does do that they've tried to make the most of this RAM is you can save apps into the RAM. So you can lock three apps on the 12 gig model or apparently five if you get the 16 gig model. What does locking an app do? So basically, if you go into the multitasking thing, your sort of recent apps thing, you can tap some save them in ram and what it means is that it will hold that app in ram so that whenever you open it it goes right back to where you left it so even if you have loads of things even if you then try and close everything you've got open it will keep those ones there it won't close them until you restart the phone so it means if say you get fed up because every time you open twitter it tries to reload like your feed again from scratch you can just lock it so that it takes you right back to the tweet you were looking at last time and keep going so for apps use a lot you can get into them very quickly if you turn the phone off and on again, does it that that will work? I right? think that loses it though. Yeah, that I haven't makes actually sense. I just wondered. Um, would it work soft. the same for like games? Yes. So I'm I'm Ooh. I just use it for Twitter because that's what I do the most on my phone. Um, but yeah, gaming I think is actually probably the bigger use case. Fourteen hundred pound Twitter machine. Exactly. <laughs> I need all Classic the six point nine inches for Twitter. Um, yeah, I think for gaming it's the bigger thing is that you could save a game in RAM, swap out to Discord or something like that, and jump back without worrying that the the phone might end up closing it or, or losing losing your spot 
Um, so that's the nice thing. They are making the most of the RAM. So there is some benefit to it. But otherwise, yeah, you don't need this much RAM. Otherwise, yeah, the specs, like, which is storage is high. Uh, it's Snapdragon 865 processor if you're in the US. Elsewhere, it's the Exynos 990, which is Samsung's own. It's their latest model, the 990. Um, once again, the Exynos is jank. It's not good. I wish they'd stop using them. Was it like massively different from what you've read online or, or seen in comparisons? I'll say this. My review is going to say that battery life is bad. Every American Euro review I've read says battery life is good. And that was mm -hmm. the same distinction last year, wasn't it? Same thing last year with the S10s. Yeah. Every European reviewer said the battery life is rubbish on this thing. And all the Americans were saying that Samsung had knocked it out of the park with battery life. And this is weird because I'm pretty sure Samsung and Qualcomm have worked together in the past to develop their chips like kind mm -hmm. of in concert. So the fact that there's such a disparity is weird. And isn't yeah. it a big battery? A massive, it is. Right? It's yeah. a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Yeah. But to be fair, it's powering a giant screen and True. high refresh rates and high resolutions as options. Um, I've mostly used it with the high refresh rate, 120 hertz, because it's lovely and it's great. I don't think it's a massive leap over 90. I think there's no real reason to go for 120 over 90. But getting a, a higher refresh rate phone is great. Um, but yeah, it does. I'm basically finding if I start using my phone at about eight in the morning, when I go to bed at 11 p.m., it's down to 20%. Okay. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm not too stressed about that, but that's a brand new phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a year from now, it will not be at 20% when I go to bed. It will be at 20% when I leave work and I'll have to charge it when I get home. What fast charging are we talking about? What speeds? Wired is 45 watt is capable of, but they only give you a 25 watt charger in the box, right. which is annoying. Um, wireless is the same as before, so 12 watt. Okay. Um, Another thing to note as well, if I'm not mistaken, when you get the phone for the first time, it comes out of the box at uh, full HD extended 60 hertz, I think. And then I you either have remember. to... But yeah. you can't have the WQ, the full res and the 120 no, hertz. it's one or it's the other. One or the other. Just which I think is essentially a battery saving measure. Yeah. The tech is there to run both, but, uh, and you know, uh, Max Weinbach on Twitter has shown that you can force it to do both. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, using, you know, hacker man hacker methods. I feel like um, when, uh, the option of both, I think should be, I feel like people who are buying this phone know. I tech. wish it was there with a warning that just says this will tank your battery life. Don't do it, but yeah. it's there if you want to. Um, it the, the thing is for me 120 hertz basically i noticed it's about 10 percent battery life difference over the day that's quite big yeah. so which, is, which is big but actually i was kind of expecting it to be worse than that and from looking at the kind of like screen on time i get and everything it does feel to me like the display is not the thing killing my battery it's just the process it's just everything i do the battery su suffers um i haven't been impressed by that and i thought i would be because 5000 million power should have been should should last a lot longer than this does and it's not just because of the refresh rate it is because of the processor but you will probably have a better time if you're in the us um can we talk about the camera yeah because it's kind of the thing you buy this phone yeah. for right as so, well as all the numbers yeah camera is is the main reason to get an s20 ultra especially versus the other s20s because mm. it's bigger than the other s20s but it's got a way better camera system and almost everything else is the same like that refresh rate is in the s20s same processor options not quite as much ram as an option but still otherwise s20 and s20 plus have a lot of the same stuff um camera we've talked about before but it's 108 megapixel main sensor a 48 megapixel i think telephoto Tele, yeah. but the main thing is that it goes up to 10 times hybrid i think the optical is four or five times and it goes to a hundred times with digital um and then there's a wide angle and a depth sensor yeah 12 meg wide 
and yeah. a 0.3 meg time of flight. <laughs> I don't know why they give the resolution of time of flight sensors, but yeah, whatever. And a 40 meg selfie camera, which is the other difference from the other S20s. They just have a 10 meg selfie camera. Is that the biggest selfie camera we've ever seen? I think. I oh, feel no, like someone put a 48 on the front once. Eight, the A80 with the flip round. Yeah, Technically, right. that front camera was 48. So, um, I will say the selfie camera is great. Really? Uh, somebody really doesn't take selfies. I don't really care. But in testing, I was very, very impressed by the selfie camera. Um, it's doing great stuff. I suspect that will be a difference between this and the S20. So if you love selfies, that may actually be a compelling reason for the Ultra. It's one of the best selfie cameras I've used. Uh, the, cool. the detail it's capturing is phenomenal and it doesn't seem to suffer from the same software problems I've been having on the rear lenses. <laughs> so yeah, you may have seen a lot of reviews uh, from the US talking about uh, camera issues on the S20 Ultra, um, the autofocus um, and skin softening basically being the two problems. So the autofocus really struggles to find a focus point. Yeah. So it's very slow. It often takes a couple seconds to find what you're trying to focus on. Some things I've found it just doesn't manage at all, especially macro shots. It really struggles with macro. And then skin softening, it had some very aggressive software that you couldn't turn off that was softening people's faces. Um, you know, kind of like a beauty mode that you just didn't have a choice about. Um, you showed me that. It was weird how... Bad different the shots look between the two modes was it like yeah. a snapchat it looked like a snapchat filter it, it looked like it would be taken on like through the snapchat app so like yeah. low quality it was like really a drop a drop versus it looked when it looked in the other mode so yeah what, what Toddy's talking about there is that it was definitely a software difference because i got different results using just the normal photo mode mm -hmm. and then switching to live focus which is samsung's name for portrait mode so a portrait photo faces looked absolutely fantastic all the detail was still there but the normal mode was softening them and you couldn't change yeah, it that's bizarre. so it was clearly just a bug um samsung responded and said they were aware and they were trying to issue a fix so i actually held off publishing my review until that because my samsung prx told me they were going to get me a fixed version that has now happened yesterday i got a new s20 ultra Had like an actually different handset got sent over to me uh with the patch um some things have been fixed some Not some everything Skin softening is fixed. So if you've been reading reports about skin softening and everything I've just been talking about, that is fine now. So by the time you get one of these phones this Friday in the US or next Friday in Europe, uh, that should be fine. I haven't found the issue anymore. So every photo I've taken front-facing camera or rear-facing camera has been fine. There's still some skin softening on by default, but you just have to go turn it off. And if you turn it off, it does turn off. That is fine. Properly. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, autofocus, definitely faster. It has gone from a couple seconds to a second, and it is more reliable at finding the right thing. I will say it's still not great. Um, it seems to love backgrounds. <laughs> it loves focusing on faraway things doesn't and like doesn't like focusing on right? close-up things. That's not good. So I've had a few times where it will just latch onto whatever's in the background, no matter what you try and do. There's no tap to focus. So tapping on something just changes brightness levels. Whoa. Oh, no. It does not change the focus as far as I can tell, or if it's meant to, it's not doing it very well. I've been tapping all over the place trying to change focus and nothing happens. So you can't manually tell it what to focus on. That's it's picking yeah, and funny. all you can do is try and move the camera around to try and try and tell it what to focus on, but you can't manually control that. Um, and for macro shots, this is partly a consequence of the sensor. So the 108 megapixel sensor is not just more megapixels. It's, it's also just big, physically, physically big. bigger inside the phone. Which is great. That means it lets more light in, you get more detail, you get more dynamic range, all this stuff that makes the main photos really good. And honestly, they are generally very, very good. Um, one of the downsides, kind of perversely, is it's getting closer to a real camera. 
like you know a DSLR or a mirrorless heavens no which is good that's obviously what smartphone manufacturers have been shooting for but that brings with it the strengths and weaknesses of those cameras so obviously proper cameras in inverted commas are good at specific things they don't have the versatility a smartphone camera does and so one thing you get is they have different depth of field so we've got very used to flat smartphone shots that's why basically portrait mode uses two lenses or software stuff on a pixel to manufacture a depth of field this sensor actually has genuine natural depth of field like you can take portrait photos without using portrait mode because it will actually bokeh if you get the distances right it will bokeh naturally it's fixed at f1.8 if i'm not mistaken yes which is they yeah. ditched the variable aperture yeah, that's from cool. introduced on the note 9 i think it was and then it was through. an s that had it first oh, it was the s9 s9 and then it yeah. went through from the s9 to the s10 i think um yes yeah, so that's gone fixed aperture um which i think is contributing to this problem this is probably part of the issue yeah and basically the result is there's a very shallow depth of field which for most photos isn't an issue and if you're taking landscapes or sort of a shot of a person you'll probably won't notice for macro it's atrocious it won't if you try and and, and I, when i say macro i mean even like trying to take a photo of your your dinner like a close-up you know photo of food in a restaurant which is sadly to say a very very likely yeah thing. <laughs> I, I you know it shows what i use my phone for a lot of but i've got a lot of bad photos of food that i can't put on instagram now because only part well, of it will the be people in focus. Do. And they have first world <laughs> problems. Uh, but yeah, genuinely, you get like part of it in focus and the back of your plate super blurry. Mm. Um, or even like if you're trying to do a top-down shot, whatever's at the top of the plate is in focus and the rice at the bottom is blurry. It's, it's wild. It's like millimeters sometimes how so shallow it is. If we start doing a, a best phones for food to the ground piece, the S20 Ultra will not be in there. No. No, that's heartbreaking. Can we talk about the Zoom? <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. should probably talk about that Zoom, huh? Uh, we'll probably wrap up in a sec, so, but let's, yeah, we should talk about the Zoom. Yeah. Um, Why is it called Space Zoom? Uh, same reason it's called Space Grey. Space is cool. <laughs> Next space question. Space is cool. Okay. Uh, why do you need 100 times Zoom? You don't. Oh, okay. You absolutely do not. 100 times is near unusable. It's fun. It's, it's a good tech demo. It's all digital at that point, right? It's like super lossy. Yeah, it's, it's very, very lossy. You can't hold your hand steady enough to get a good shot, so you need a tripod to take anything worthwhile. It's very lossy. It's very pixelated. It looks horrible. Um, it is cool. It can see stuff that you with your naked eye cannot. Yeah. That mm. is fun you won't actually use the photos. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the only time I can think it'd be useful is if you're doing like travel shots of things and you want to get something really far away, but literally otherwise, why would you need it It, in it would just day? prove the thing was there. It yeah. won't be a nice photo of that. Like, Look, here it is, and it's like a vague, yeah. blurry shape, and, you know, yeah. What I think it might, and you, you might be able to verify this right now or you need to test it more, but like by having the limit at 100 times, it means that, prior to that limit especially nearer to the actual natural zoom distance you're going to get a better quality say 30 40 times zoom Im image than you would on a phone that maxes out at 50 times i'm not yeah i don't know I, i'll say i've been getting pretty good at 30 and 40 yeah. but there's still i've still always said you know it's the same with the p30 stuff last year like even at that zoom level you don't need those photos um below 10 it is fantastic. Yeah. The zoom lens is, I'm pretty sure, better than what we've seen before. So I think if you, at five times up to 10 times, this probably is the best telephoto on the market. Yeah. And it's, you know, a nice reminder that Google screwed up by not putting one in the Pixel 4, as we were talking about earlier. Like, it is a game changer. There's stuff you can do with an actual lens that digital just cannot. You compare, say, an eight times Pixel 4 photo to an eight times S20 Ultra photo, they are night and day. It's wild how much better the Ultra is. Um, yeah. I, I will say when I first sort of saw the specs and first saw it I thought I would hate 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 the size 
week and a half using it, I've gotten used to it. Mm. And inevitably, that's kind of what always happens with big phones like this. You do get used to it eventually, but it is too big. Is One yeah. UI functional enough? Like, Because the whole point of One UI is that you could use one hand. Mm-hmm. But that was introduced on much smaller phones relative to this, what, mm-hmm. 6.9-inch display. So is it is it still doing its job in that regard or do you think this needs some assistive like shrink down the UI features and stuff uh, to really I think there is a shrink down one hand sure. mode but I never but use you have it to anyway lean on those that's what I'm, I was I'm honestly I do generally find that I'm having to either use two hands or shift my hand position to reach you know I Which can't reach the top of the phone on a phone yeah. while I'm holding say, it like, normally I have very very Smaller small hands. tiny hands and <laughs> I think when I tried this for that it, it it's just not silly it's just silly and and especially even on like things like women's jeans and the pockets of being really shallow the the whole phone is like yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean it just fits in my jean pockets right you know like so for yeah any smaller pocket than that and it will not go um i am always hesitant to just say it's too big don't buy it because i know we always then get people saying i like big phones yeah Mm. so that's fine if you are genuinely a fan of like phablet size phones and this isn't even the biggest one out there like huawei did a bigger one true but I will say, even if you think you like big phones, this is really big. Even if you've liked the S10 Plus before or the Note 10 Plus, this is bigger again. So do bear that in mind. And it's heavy. It feels kind of unbalanced because of the camera module. It's thick. Like, it is bulky. It feels bulky. We know how you feel about the aesthetics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look back at previous episodes of Fast Charging for that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the takeaway for me on, on the S20 Ultra is it's only for real spec obsessives otherwise it costs too much and it doesn't do enough to justify that cost and the compromises you get size design um it's pretty big it's quite a big list of compromises i think for yeah what it's trying for, for to me size do. design battery life and macro photography yeah are all basically bad things on this phone and for me for a phone to cost this much like i'm okay with the idea that phones are going to cost this much and people will pay that much for them but if it's not going to be something crazy like a foldable, then at this price, it needs to be damn near perfect. Yeah. And this just isn't. Mm. There's yeah. just too many things about it that aren't great. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if you really, really love cameras and you want to buy the top, absolute top spec camera, bearing in mind it's not actually going to be the best at everything, um, I get it. If you just want to have the phone with the most RAM, cool. But for the average buyer, even the average person looking for a flagship, this is not the one. In the S20 range, mm. do you think there is... A standout. I mean, the S twenty. Yeah, just the S20. the regular S twenty yeah. for me. More but. so than I think last year with the S ten and the S ten plus. Yeah, Samsung was pushing the plus last year. I think this year they're twi- the base. They're basically is the, the one same. To go for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited cool. for those. Yeah, I'm looking forward to them. We haven't had an S twenty or an S twenty plus in the office yet, but we'll be trying to get hold of one very soon. I'm looking forward to playing around with that because yeah, the regular S twenty was the one that I thought was the pick of the bunch uh we have been going for 50 minutes which is a very long time for a half hour show so we're going to wrap up there uh thank you for watching if you've stuck through to the end we had a lot to go over today uh we'll be back next week uh we will be talking about the oppo find x2 for sure because that's getting announced soon uh i don't know what else we'll find out find out as always drop comments in we we do this as a live chat so we're there sitting along with you if you have any questions whilst we're chatting about stuff by all means file them into the comments in future that's episodes. not helpful they're at the end of the chat right I now know, the I chat know, has like, it's really, ending as you say reviews. that read our reviews <laughs> on tech advisor yeah fine fine <laughs> shoot me down just trying to get some <laughs> engagement going on all right thanks very much thank you see ya